so critically acclaimed. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Not So Critically Acclaimed podcast. I'm Laura and this is part two for our discussion on One of Us is Lying. So I just have to say that I think this could become the next hit teen drama. And I say this because it is pretty similar to Pretty Little Liars. So I kind of broke down the parallels, so just bear with me for a little bit. First of all, Simon is the central character that dies and he knew everyone's secrets, just like Allie was the central character that quote-unquote died, you know, went missing, whatever, and she knew everyone's secrets. Then we have the group of, like, Liars or Bayview 4, and so we have Bronwyn, who is the smart girl vying for valedictorian, but she has a secret that she's not as perfect as everyone thinks since she cheated on an exam. Just like Spencer was the smart girl who cheated when she used her sister Melissa's essay as her own. Also, the two of them are both the character who typically make the plans and tend to take on a bit more of the main character within the group. At least, you know, I always saw Spencer as the main character or, I mean, I would say Arya was more of the main, in my opinion, at the very beginning, just at least based on the very first episode because it followed Arya as she came back to Pennsylvania or to Rosewood from uh, Iceland or whatever and it was kind of seeing it through her eyes like oh returning to Rosewood after two years reconnecting with the girls who were her best friends beforehand and then as the show went on even though technically all four like were supposed to have equal storylines and be equal characters I always felt like Spencer took on a little bit more of the lead and I could see the same thing happening with Bronwyn. Then Cooper is the baseball player who's hiding that he's gay, just like Emily was a swimmer who was hiding that she was gay. Honestly, that was such a predictable storyline. Like for Cooper, I totally knew his secret was that he was going to be gay from like the first scene. Then Addie is the typical pretty blonde bombshell, but she's buried in insecurities, just like Hannah was the typical pretty blonde bombshell, but she she had plenty of insecurities, mainly rooted in the fact that she wasn't always seen as the pretty girl. The only one who doesn't really match up is Nate. So he's the delinquent drug dealer who is responsible for Janae overdosing, but his second kind of secret and the bigger, and like the second big part of his identity had to do um like could potentially match with Arya's because his second thing was that he lied about his mom being dead since she really left him and his dad and she struggled with mental health issues and that was kind of similar to you know Arya in the sense that yes Arya's main issue was her dating fits but a second main element like her initial first character first uh like problem was that she found out that her dad was cheating and her parents like marital status so in a way it could be similar otherwise about that is more of a gossip girl format but then they start to get individual messages that basically say simon may be dead but i still know your secrets just like a did like oh you know Allie may be gone but i still know your secrets like you know i'm still here and i know everything a Um, Overall, though, I point this out because to me, Pretty Little Liars was the biggest teen drama in my lifetime as a teen. 
I didn't grow up with Gossip Girl or One Tree Hill live, so I only see the effects now with streaming platforms. But from the age of 12 to 19, Pretty Little Liars had so much control over my life. Like, I couldn't do anything else Tuesday nights at 8. I had to watch it before I went to school the next day because everyone was watching it. You know, I did deep dives on the internet of theories for who A was and all this craziness. So with that being said, because One of Us is Lying has so much of the same elements from Pretty Little Liars, a show that really transformed the landscape of teen dramas, especially in the social world, like that's when it started like live tweeting with the cast during the show. And I remember at one of those awards, like, or some record, like Pretty Little Liars became the most sociable show, which I think that meant like it was the most, it was the most talked about show on social media. But because of that, I think One of Us is Lying has the ability to do the same. The only difference is that since it's on Peacock, it's a streaming platform, I'm not sure how much exposure it's getting and the reach it's having. Like, if it was on Netflix, I could see this blowing up. But it kind of upsets me because I think that, honestly, it has some of the best teen drama storylines and is, like, insanely good and more people need to know about it. But back to the specifics of the show. So I think Nate is my favorite character because he seems to have the most depth in that on the surface, people think him to just be some criminal, which like, yes, he is. But he's done that because he needed to have money to survive on. Granted, he could have gotten a real job, but he's also incredibly, you know, scarred from his parents and he's only, what, 16 when his mom left? I mean, I think he's like 17 or or he's 18 now, but, you know, 16, 17 when his mom left and he was like truly at the height and when Janae overdosed and everything. So it's like you kind of don't really know what you're supposed to be doing. And when you don't have role models like that, it makes it even more difficult. So, I mean, his dad has PTSD. His mom left, leaving him alone to deal with his dad's mental health. And all this when he's so young So I could just see him having all, like, he's definitely brooding and has that depth of, like, oh, we want to, like, feel, not feel bad for him, but you want to, like, take care of him in a sense and um, all of that. I also definitely ship him and Bronwyn. I think it was pretty obvious from their very first scene together that, like, this was going to happen and they had some kind of history I wish they would have given more background of their history and, like, what kind of friendship they had. I mean, they go to any other, like, public... It's a regular public high school. Like, most of these schools are super big. So I'm kind of, like, surprised that everyone knows all of their problems. I mean, like, when you think about it, Gossip Girl was a private school, so it was much smaller, and that was, like, an online public forum of all these secrets being shared, and everyone knew it. Whereas in Pretty Little Liars... Like, the school didn't know about all the issues with the girls, you know? Like, they knew there was a scandal and they were, because Allie had gone missing, but it's not like they were posting these secrets online and everyone knew their business. So that's why it's a little hard to believe that that's how it's being run in One of Us is Lying, because it's a public school. So I just feel like there's so many of them that, yes, I know, like, okay, it's an online public forum about that, so everyone can read it. But my, why I bring it up is like Bronwyn and Nate clearly were like, I don't know, some kind of friends, I guess, when they were young, because I don't believe that, you know, they were, they did not run in the same circles 
at least now. So unless they were like super close friends when they were younger, I don't know how they would have any of these like small memories or things like that. Um, unless like, you know, Bronwyn had a crush on Nate or vice versa. Um, so I'm just like kind of intrigued and I would totally be down for like some kind of flashback to just learn more about them. Um, and this aspect of the show is yet another similar, similar parallel to Pretty Little Liars. Well, I tried comparing Nate to Arya for the sake of sticking within the main group of liars in the Bayview 4. Nate could also match Toby from Pretty Little Liars, since Toby was also a delinquent, but then he dramatically changed his life around, and obviously him and Spencer are the exact same trope as Nate and Bronwyn. Um, so I'm definitely going to ship that because Spencer and Toby were my favorite ship from Pretty Little Liars as well. So the second character I think has a lot of depth or at least the potential to have tremendous character development is Addie. I mean, she already had a great deal of development in this first season between cutting her hair to make a physical impact since we obviously noted that her playing with her hair was an intrinsic coping mechanism for her anxiety. But then she also had like more of an internal realization about herself, like both in terms of how she as an individual fits into the baby four, like what is her identity of the four of within the four of them and their little group. Also, like with her hanging out with Janae, she's learning more about herself and Janae's kind of like teaching her in a way. Um, and then ultimately when like uh, Addie kind of took the physical changes she made with her hair and then like the internal mental emotional changes with you know figuring out who she is within the Bayview 4 hanging out with Janae to then combining both of these into tangible development of like standing up to Jake and not letting him get away with everything. As for Bronwyn and Cooper I don't think that they're flat characters, but I just don't think there's as much there. I mean, they're both pretty stereotypical tropes, and their secrets, like, are very stereotypical. You know, Bronwyn's secret was alluded to, okay, she's smart, she stole, um, she cheated. And I called Cooper's from, like I said, day one, like, okay, he's an athlete, oh, he's gay, which is kind of like, since it is stereotypical, it's kind of outdated. Like, you would think, I mean, again, the show is 2021 and it's not as overtly dramatic in terms of trying to be relevant with diversity and inclusivity like some of these other shows can which I talk about a little bit later but I still think like okay his secret being that he's gay is a little outdated um but I mean for the sake of television I think it's outdated but maybe in terms of like the actual realities I mean I don't really follow sports but I don't think there I know there was like recently like a, a bunch of news about like some football quarterback who is like the first openly gay quarterback or something um so I think it's still I guess taboo in certain in sports I mean like I said I don't follow sports so I don't really know so maybe that was the element like even though it's kind of cliche and overdone in TV at this point. Maybe it hasn't been done enough in sports or they want to show that, yeah, maybe it's done a lot in TV, but still in the real world, it's not as comfortable, I guess, or typical or um, normal. I don't know. So other characters outside of the uh, Bayview 4, Maeve. I don't know what it is, but I freaking hate her. 
she's annoying and I feel like she thinks she knows more than she does. I know they're going the whole route of, you know, she feels like Bronwyn's constantly protecting her and she can protect herself, but she also doesn't know everything and is going to get herself in trouble or even hurt. I know, like, I've seen some people's comments and some people actually then love her. I don't know if it also has something to do with, like, her image in that she's like really short first of all but I guess that the whole element of that is because she had cancer in the show so she like had stunted growth and everything but because she's like so short and small and she wears then these huge heels and like she has the very compact like hairstyle it's almost like she's got all this like spunk and energy for like too small of a body and it's just like she's overcompensating and it makes me annoyed maybe that's how I'm kind of interpreting it um then as for Janae I actually really like her character um I think she adds layers to the group I especially like her friendship with Addie and think they could end up becoming those two unexpected best friends you see in shows kind of like Mouth and Brooke in One Tree Hill and I kind of get a little bit of like a Mona vibe from her in that she was originally an outcast and now she's kind of being integrated into like the main characters who are in a sense popular um just kind of like Mona was, but then she, Mona obviously turned. I don't know. I could see just like some elements of her personality and like the trope matching up a bit. As for Vanessa, her voice is annoying and that's my main takeaway. It'll be interesting to see if she's still included in the plot going forward and if they give her any character development along with Addie's. I'm also, back to Addie, just intrigued with the whole TJ situation. Obviously, like they were going the route like oh my god he could be evil but you know in all these teen dramas everyone has to have a love interest right and Bronwyn and Nader together Cooper is with Chris I think his name is um and then Addie was with Jake but now that's over there was a moment where I could potentially see them making Addie like bisexual and maybe her and like Janae were going to be a thing but obviously Janae and Maeve became a thing so I'm kind of intrigued to see if they're going to have Addie and TJ be a thing because, I mean, she cheated on Jake with TJ. And I when, I when that happened, I was like, was this a power play move or was it more like they're actually going to fall for each other? And based on that scene that came next with between TJ and Addie where TJ said, like, you know, he's always had a crush on her and everything he ever did was for her and all this stuff, like, I could potentially see it circling back and having like both character development for Addie continuing as well as for TJ and like their relationship becoming more solid and evolved in a sense um, because they have to give her a love interest at some point. That's just how the teen dramas have to go. And then, of course, our villain, Jake. So I think this was done really well. Like, at first we see him as this protective guy, but slowly we learn that it's not really protection, but rather control. Then, in terms of the mystery, though, I think this was also done incredibly. I mean, him and Simon were childhood friends, and they were super into dares, and then I guess they still spoke every once in a while and it seemed like in the initial flashbacks that Jake had some kind of a soft spot for Simon. So he wouldn't like ignore him or whatever. Um, and then they came up with this plan. And the ultimate question, I mean, I think everyone has is like, why, first of all, like, why did they come up with this? Like, they're supposedly not friends anymore. They're in different social circles. So why would they still have been hanging out a little bit? Um, and then why would... Jake 
abandon the plan and let Simon die. Like, are we ever going to learn that? I mean, I don't know how we will since Jake is now dead. Um, so I don't know. And of course, with Jake's death comes the fatal flaw, but in a way, a rite of passage for every teen drama that includes murder. They're going to hide Jake's body or get rid of, get rid of it in some way instead of going to the police and explaining everything and how it was self-defense. And this is only going to make things more complicated and make them look worse eventually because it will come out and you know the deal. But that's that's like my number one pet peeve in these shows when someone gets killed but it was technically an accident or self-defense but instead of going forward they just hide it and that makes you look more guilty and it's just a mess um of course the other major mystery is that even though jake is dead someone else is still out there who knows all of their secrets including their new one and how jake died so that's going to obviously set up season two if we get one So now I I made a separate section for the things that the show did so well. And I just have to like commend them because in a world of so many teen dramas, you have to find a way to stand out. And yes, even though I've already pointed out so much of the similarities between One of Us is Lying and Purdue Liars, there's still enough that's making it different and making it stand out and like learning from past teen dramas and their mistakes and kind of going forward. So, for starters, the soundtrack and music placement was just off the charts. I mean, starting it off with the song Never Let Me Go in that scene with Bronwyn and Nate on the motorcycle in the first episode. Like, what a way to capture teen drama enthusiasts, since most people can't hear that song without thinking of The Vampire Diaries or One Tree Hill. I mean, when I watch the episode I did a reaction video and you guys heard my reaction like I was screaming like so excited and I made it so loud I was like yes singing along it was amazing second incorporating Olivia Rodrigo's songs was the perfect way to acknowledge teen angst and make it relevant to teens in 2021 I mean, between the opening scene of one of the episodes having brutal playing or having Good For You play at the dance, just sheer perfection, it really captured the essence and the vibe. Speaking of 2021, like I had mentioned a little earlier on in this ep- in the podcast episode, they did such a good job not making this show cringy and not trying too hard to make it 2021 in terms of like flooding it with slang and social media and you know what sometimes people feel is like forced diversity and inclusivity like of course I'm here for diversity and inclusivity but sometimes the way it's incorporated people see it more as like oh you're just having the character for the sake of like filling a quota and checking the box instead of it genuinely making sense so I feel like they're doing a better job at that in this show um also I love how they didn't like flood it with social media platforms and you know I appreciated that yes they have some kind of social media like gossip online gossip forum was at the center. Um, I liked how it was a made up app as opposed to, you know, incorporating all the different platforms like Instagram and TikTok and Snapchat like the new Gossip Girl did. Like the new Gossip Girl is so cringy and in its especially in its way of trying to be 
culturally and socially relevant like trying too hard i mean i watched the first episode of the new gossip girl when it the day it came out and i have yet to watch any more of it and i still have it on my list but i'm kind of like should i bother like i don't really want to so i'm thinking i might just not bother her <laughs> And then the last thing I'll say that they did incredibly well was episode six in its entirety. It was probably my favorite episode of the show and one of my favorite TV episodes I've ever seen. I mean, aside from it being relevant with Good For You playing, this was the dance episode, by the way, and making the comment about being Gossip Girl, like I laughed so hard during this because the writers are so aware of what the audience is thinking. You know, they know that it's being compared to Gossip Girl, so they incorporated that comment and the fact that Cooper said it also was really funny and I believe the comment afterwards was like wow you really are gay or something um but the best part of episode six was all of the nods to the breakfast club I mean don't you forget about me the time in the library the running in the hallway they did just such a good job incorporating and acknowledging the things that one of us is lying is being compared to and emulating it in a way that pays homage to it instead of just trying to steal it or something or be like a ripoff. So I really have to say kudos to the writers and the soundtrack people and the production of it all because I think they're doing a really good job and I hate that there's only eight episodes because there's so much more potential for this show. So now moving on to kind of the predictions or what I'm expecting to see next season, um, I just want to preface with that I know that the show is based on a book series. I initially thought it was just one book and not a series of three. So with that being said, I'm not reading any of them because I'm not sure how much of book one, let's say, is in season one. And maybe there are elements from book one that will be added in later seasons. So I'm just going to steer clear. Um, With that being said, I can't give you a section of like things that are different between the books and the show like I've done in other episodes of the podcast. And again, I'm doing this because I don't want to risk spoiling any parts since I'm very hooked on the series and I want to like appreciate it for the first time and, you know, all the secrets and everything like I want it to be the, the first time I'm hearing it while watching the show and not have like any in the back of my head kind of Thing, like thoughts like oh maybe this is going to happen or maybe they're going to incorporate that aspect of the book in here you know so what I'm looking forward to in season two if we get one which we really better get one um, more Bronwyn and Nate scenes because they're everything and they're the main ship at this point Cooper and Chris have the potential to be another like big ship but I think there was just a bit too much going on in Cooper's life you know, between his dad having a heart attack, him being in the closet about being gay, the steroids and stuff with baseball, the Bayview 4, um, his past thing in, in Missouri, like literally there was so much juggling that trying to actually establish a real solid relationship with Chris and make it something to, to ship, I think it was a little bit difficult, but I see the potential. Then I could see Addie becoming more confident in herself and her and Janae becoming better friends, also potentially incorporating TJ back into her life, but I want to see like real progress and growth for the two of them. Um, And then honestly, I can't give much else because I'm not good at coming up with the mystery parts. Like I never figured these things out beforehand. I can only predict the secrets and the relationships, but not the murder mystery part. Um, So that's everything I have to say but otherwise my main point is please tell your friends to watch this show if they haven't already because 
we need Peacock to know that it has to get renewed. Like, I will not be okay with it being canceled. Like, absolutely not. Um, Otherwise, thanks for listening. And again, like I mentioned in part one of this week's episode, uh, there's a lot of like a little bit of restructuring happening. So my podcast will not be out next week, but rather you'll have to wait uh, two weeks and we're doing every other and hopefully next episode we'll have our very first guest on. I'm still trying to work out the logistics. Also, I'm contemplating doing a section of the podcast on like uh, updates in the world of TV and movies. Now, a lot of the times I end up making uh, shows or I end up making videos on TikTok or posting about it on my Instagram story about, you know, any updates related to, let's say, filming for shows and movies that we're looking forward to or cast updates or if like we're getting a reboot and this is happening. Depending on the show and movie, you know, if it's a really big show or something I love, I will make a full TikTok video. If it's something smaller, I might post it on Instagram. But if it's something that I I actually don't watch or don't really care about, I usually won't post it. But with that being said, kind of let me know, like you can DM me on Instagram and uh, tell me if you would like me to have a section of the podcast where I kind of give, like I said, a weekly or be every two weeks update about things happening in the world of TV and news and just kind of run through it. Uh, and I could add it with like this, I could add it to part twos with the guest and we could kind of like talk about what we think about these things or, you know, I could just leave it and not incorporate it. Also, I was thinking of um, maybe also doing like a section of questions, you know, where um, I could create a specific uh, email address for the podcast and you guys could email in like either questions you have specifically like for me about TikTok, Instagram, podcast, anything like that. Or it could be like specific to the show or movie I'm discussing that week. You know, once I release part one and you kind of know what show and movie I am doing, you can then like send in your questions and then I can answer them in the part two. So that's just something I'm toying with. So again, message me on um, Instagram, like DM me if you have thoughts on either of these elements. Uh, Otherwise, I guess I'll have to make the decision if no one messages me. But thanks again for listening. I'll be back in two weeks with another show. And otherwise, we'll talk later. Bye.